0: You shatter. I don't know any other way to describe it other than the person you were before and the person I am now are two different people.
1: Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. And welcome to episode 132. I had my regular 23andMe email that I get this morning. It was informing me I had new DNA relatives. I get this one all the time. I rarely click on it. But I did actually have a significant new relative show up for me today. I had a first cousin, and this was a name that I've never heard of. And from her profile, it looks like she is about 20 years older than me. She's on the East Coast. And I know that 20 years is not that odd of a difference when it comes to the cousin world. I know my my new half-siblings, who I've never met, um, well, they've never responded to my messages. But I know them to be about 10 years older than me. But this cousin, I was a little surprised that I hadn't run into her name before. Uh, my biological paternal family hasn't been very forthcoming with details, but I was just surprised through reading obituaries that I hadn't run into her name. So I actually wrote her, just messaged her through the 23andMe app, and I said that we were related. And I just gave her a little bit of information. I recently heard that on the podcast. I recently heard someone say that they, when they message people, they just say that they are related, but they don't give the degree of which they are related. So I tried that tactic, and (laughs) I don't know. I will see if anyone writes me back. Sometimes they write me back, and then they get a little weird and quiet when they find out who my birth father is. So I will see if I hear anything back. So our NPE stories are always evolving. We always have new people entering, more things happening. And today on this podcast, we are going to listen to an NPE share where she's at in her NPE story. So today I am speaking with Shelly. Hi, Shelly. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for doing this today. And Ms. Shelley, I see you've already sent me some links. It looks like you are a writer and you've written about your NPE story before. So can I share those with the community? Yes, please do.
0: And um, there may have been links since I've sent those to you because I know we connected because um, you have a wait list. Um, I know we connected <laughs> like several months back. Um, so I will send you a fresh email with probably some more links that are there. So um yeah, so thank you for sharing those.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I do have a wait list. If you are a new listener, I ha- currently have a wait list of about 50 people. I only do one episode per week. So if you do the math, that is currently about a 50 week wait. I was going to say, I think <laughs> we um,
0: connected originally like last November, and, and you were saying something about August. And I'm like, that's a world away. That's never yes. happening. Um, <laughs> but I promise everyone, it gets here sooner than you think.
1: Good, good. I'm glad it wasn't that bad. Yes, I just actually had a an authors um agent reach out to me this week and I said, Oh, I'll put her on the wait list. And they said, wait list? She's her book tour, her book. And I said, That's that's what I do. I she goes on the end of the wait list. And when her turn comes, if she wants to share, she's welcome to. That's just the format I go by. It's worked. I think that's awesome. You know, it, right?
0: It's a level playing field, for sure. Because exactly.
1: Exactly. at the end of the day,
0: we all had the same, you, you know what happened to us. So for sure.
1: Yes. Okay. So you are a journalist. You've written about this. You've spoken about this before.
0: Yes. To a lot of people's um You get varying opinions when you share your story. We'll just put it that way.
1: I know. I know you do. And that's what I I love about this little podcast is I'm an NPE. The majority of people listening are NPEs or have experienced um, a DNA surprise or misattributed parentage in their own life. So we are just nodding along with you. We really are. So let's start with wherever you want to start in your story. Most people give... um, information on their family of origin so I'll pass it over to you
0: yeah so um my name is Shelly I'm from Phoenix Arizona I am 36 so I actually grew up assuming I was an only child um I was the um so you know when you meet those people where you listen to their life story and you're like holy crap So I'm one of those people for better or worse. So I was the um, daughter of an alcoholic and an addict. Um, My mom herself had experienced a hard life and that's how she processed it. Um, Now that I'm a mother myself, I look back and I'm like, I don't agree with the choices she made, but I have empathy for them. If that makes any sort of sense. Um, My dad was, so my dad who raised me, um, he similar issues, lots of mental health issues, stuff like that. They were 20 years apart. I was born in Denver, raised here in Phoenix. I grew up always knowing, or at least being told that my dad had other children out there. So um, when I was in my early 20s, so my mom, I left home at 17, never went back, Um, lived with an aunt and uncle who, so my mom's sister, um, and went to college and just, you know, tried to put my life together. You know, when you're bouncing back from that sort of childhood, it's a process. And so my mom passed away at the age of 50 at when I was 22 years old from cirrhosis of the liver. That was in December, 2008. My son, who is the reason I still am here and thrive, thriving, well, you know, attempting to thrive, you know, how it Mm -hmm. depends on the day. He was born in January 2010, and then my dad passed away in um, December 2010 at the age of 70. And what was so weird is that my parents passed away two years to the day almost. My mom was December 13th, my dad was December 15th, and my son was born literally right in between. Um, And I was so young. I was 22, 23,
1: 24. You know, and I was only child. Um, And your parents didn't raise you together? Did
0: um, my mom raised, they divorced when I was still in diapers. So my mom raised me here in Phoenix as a single mom. I had a stepdad, stuff like that. My dad was in Denver for a good chunk of my childhood, then moved to Phoenix, um, and then moved back to Denver. Whatever you're picturing when it comes to the childhood and the child rearing of someone of an addict is probably pretty on par. You know, life goes on. My twenties happened. I'm raising my son. I'm building a career, and um, I decided last. You know, obviously, global pandemic. And in March, early March. T- my apologies. You know, how, like the time, the time just like blends. Yeah. Um, so late 2020, I decided I was ready to go seek out my dad's other children. Um, I started therapy. I started yoga. I was ready to go. So I found who I thought was my dad's son, um, just through, you know, Facebook detective work. And I reached out to him and what should have been a sign, because, you know, you don't think about it, but, um, is he said he had taken a 23andMe and he turned out that he was all, um, uh, European. So he was white. And my dad, um, if he was my dad's child, he would have been at least a quarter Mexican because my dad, um, his dad wasn't in the picture and he was Hispanic. Um, we were thinking, you know, so I was like, okay, well that's weird. Well, hopefully, you know, we'll figure it out. So I finally took the tests, and I remember saying this prayer, um, where I was like, okay, Lord, let your will be done, which, um, is a big prayer to pray. <laughs> and so um, results came back first from 23andMe and a woman popped up who was my aunt, which is weird because I already knew my aunts from my mom's side. She was one of six. My dad's side, I never really met a lot of his family, but I knew he only had brothers. So I'm like, okay, how is someone my aunt? So I messaged. And then also, which was interesting is it had me as half Hispanic. Um, What I find interesting about those tests is, you know, it doesn't say you're Mexican. It says, you know, you're X amount native to Mexico and X amount Spanish. So I had a little mini heart attack going, am I not Mexican either? But then that's what a Mexican is. So let that little heart attack pass. And then um, I was also half Jewish, which I didn't even know was an ethnicity. I just thought that was a faith, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I messaged this woman who comes up as my aunt. And I on, I'm just honest. I said, you know, hey, look, um, I'm confused. <laughs> uh, my name's Shelly. I'm not out for anything. Just kind of looking to put the puzzle pieces together. Um, my wonderful best friend kind of put it together in his head <laughs> before I did. And I was like, holy crap, my dad is not my dad. Um, biologically. Um, one nice thing that I know doesn't happen to a lot of NPEs. So now looking back, I am super grateful for it is um, my biological father is actually the only boy in his family. He has three sisters. So thanks to Facebook um, and my friend who has the sleuthing skills of a detective, we found him in literally like two seconds. And so um, I was like, okay, well, um, that happened. Within 24 hours, we figured out he was my biological father because I was in contact with, I came up as, so that's, he never actually took the test. So I came up as his sister's niece and then his daughter, um, who he had raised, had taken that 23andMe, um, funnily enough, as a um, way to see how much Neanderthal she was in in college because she was studying like anthropology and archaeology. And so she had never made her profile public. So she clicked that little public button and she came up as my half sister. So um, everything shattered. Um, You know, it's just like time and space lose meaning. Um, um, How I describe it to people is I went to bed as a mid thirties Mexican woman, only child, you know, with maybe one half brother out there. And I woke up, um, not my, you know, half Jewish with four half siblings. Um, so yeah, so that was March, 2021. I mean, it's, it's like, how do you summarize the worst, best, biggest earth shattering thing to ever happen to you? Um, the moment it was confirmed, I fell into my, um, I call her my bonus mom. She is, um, I mean, she's technically my mother in law, but she's so much more than that. Um, She has been so instrumental in this journey, as has my son's dad's whole family. Um, And um, I just broke down into her arms and was like, how could she? Because at the time, you know, you don't. I mean, you just kind of assume it wasn't a fair. At the time I was conceived, my parents were married. And um, something I'm working on in my healing journey, because I was already in therapy for my childhood issues. Mm -hmm. Um, Something I'm working on, and I'm still working on it, is I try not to vilify my mom. um, But it's hard not to when she was the main parent. She was the one who struggled with addiction. And then now this. So I literally just screamed out into what felt like the ether, like, how could she? Like I said, it's like your earth shatters. But then at the same time, it's like your life has to go on. (laughs) Um, I'm the default parent for my son. Um, He's 12 at the time, you know, he was 11. Um, I work from home as a journalist. I um, am his everything. So, you know, just like with when my parents died, you kind of have to be okay but not be okay and hold space for both of those things to be true at the same time. I'm big on social media, not big as in like and famous, big as in like I'm addicted to it, which, you know, has its um peace and you know has its perks and not perks. So, I connected with my aunt who I originally connected with and my half sister. Um both of them have been wonderful and I um connect with my bio dad within I'd say, I think literally that same day. This all happened within a couple of days. And we talked, um, he did not know about me. So within about 48 hours of my world exploding, um, connected with my bio dad, we hopped on a, um, FaceTime or some sort of video chat. I think it was Facebook video chat. And I mean, there was really no denying it. I was his sister's niece and his daughter's half sister, like, um, He did within that couple of months following that um, take um, a DNA test and confirmed it. He did not know I existed and, um, you know, shared basics and stuff. To me, it's fascinating from a journalist's perspective because out of his three sisters and himself, I see a lot of my attributes, like, especially when it comes to my career and um, my extrovert tendencies, stuff like that. As time went on, I'm super proud of myself. I um, stayed in therapy, luckily, so grateful I was already in therapy. So that was kind of nice. That first appointment after it happened was so awkward because it's like, I know we were going to work on my childhood issues and all these other things. But by the way, guess what happened? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that was March 2021. Um By June, 2021, my son and I hopped on a plane to Seattle to visit with my sister who lived there at the time, but was packing her life up to go to college um, um, in another state. So we got to meet her before she did that. And um, basically a lot of 2021 and a lot of 2022 has been rebuilding um, who I thought I was you shatter, I don't know any other way to describe it other than the person you were before and the person I am now are two different people. Um, What I find interesting is my personality shifted. Um, I was a big extrovert. I was the person who could walk into a party and, you know, hand out a business card to everyone there. And there are still, and now it's like that happens still, but it happens in spurts. It's very strange. Um, And I think it also has to do with the fact that there was a global pandemic as well during this time. So it's like, um, so I'm shy now and I get anxious around crowds and um, I let my friendship circle just not go, but just kind of cold, you know, like I kind of learned the difference between acquaintances and friends. Mm -hmm. And, um, Each person who has been impacted by this journey has handled it differently. So my family of origin, um, I told um, my mom's sisters and stuff, and they have chosen not, we haven't really talked about it. Um, I'm open to talking about it, but I think it makes them uncomfortable. So I haven't really addressed it. So my family of origin doesn't really talk about it, um, which is hard. Um, I have talked a little bit about it to like cousins and stuff. Like when I met my sister, I texted them pictures, but everyone seems to, it's almost like you have to build this Excel spreadsheet in your head to see who's okay with it and who's not. Um, <laughs> I'm part of, uh, the LGBTQ community. I'm part of the, um, polyamorous community. I'm part of all these different communities that really value consent. So, um, to me, um, consent is super important. And so I don't wanna bring it up to someone who hasn't consented to having that conversation or it makes them uncomfortable or it brings up emotions, maybe they're not ready to face. So, and that's really hard and it really hurts because I did nothing wrong, if that makes any sort of sense. Like I was just born, Um, yet I'm the one who has to do all the juggling of all the things. So basically, you know, everything went down. I told the person who I didn't match with because he was not my half brother. um, He's been wonderful. He decided to, um, what was interesting about that story there is my dad who raised me actually abandoned him when he was a teenager. And he ended up being raised by a stepdad. So, we decided to stay in touch because at one point in our lives, we both had the same dad, just like decades apart. So we feel like siblings. And I swore we were like we had the same nose. We both come from really interesting, you know what I mean? So, like, there are all these things I think you see. Um, and then I was just surprised because I look a lot like my dad who raised me. So, um, so I just have kind of been rebuilding my life. Um as a journalist, what's hard is, You don't know how much is okay to share because you want to share your story because I have a unique platform. I am a journalist. So I'm able to, you know, and I'm not like famous or anything, but like here locally in Phoenix, I've had a couple of stories in our local Jewish news about the fact that I discovered I was half Jewish um, because that in itself is its own little mini identity crisis, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then nationally, I've had a couple of stories published, not necessarily my own Story per se, but what to do if this happens to you? And I kind of, you know, listed resources about hey, this happens to more people than you think. Here's where to turn for help. Um, like a lot of NPEs, I have had a lot of help and connections online. You know, so I'm in the I'm in the support groups. I um, have heard people tell their stories. Um, I've had people reach out privately. So it's been, um, I do have a wonderful support network here. I have a best friend, um, the one who actually found my bio dad, who's been wonderful. And with, and ever like I said, reactions just seem to vary. So, um, out of my three aunts, um, all three of them have been receptive. I've actually late last month went to Michigan, um, and met the aunt who, um sorry her grace and kindness makes me tear up um mm-hmm. so um she's wonderful um she literally i felt abandoned by a lot of people when this happened you know what i mean like they either don't know how to handle it or they don't want to go on this journey with you and she doesn't know me from Adam she's connecting me with her brother cuz my bio dad is her literal brother and she has been in touch and throughout all of 2021, 2022, whenever there's a Jewish holiday, she, um like for Hanukkah, she sent us like Hanukkah care package. I've been exploring, so I'm Christian um, and I don't plan on converting to the Jewish faith, but I have wanted to explore like the culture, you know, in an appropriate way. Like, trust me, I'm the person who asks, like I've asked literal rabbis, like, hey, um, is this appropriate? You know what I mean? I don't want to appropriate. Um, but at the same time, I have a son who is also on this journey with me to an extent. So, you know, he knows he's Hispanic. And so I want him to know this part of himself as well. Um, and she's just been there for it all. And as someone whose parents died, you know, um, 10 to 12 years ago and whose family of origin, you know, this is not a journey they want to be with me on and, you know, um, the fact that she was there for me in that I will never ever be thankful enough. And her husband too. And her kids, they've all been wonderful. And so it's like my personal life mission, um, to keep my profile open. My, you know, my DNA profiles open. Um, and if anyone else comes up to treat them with that grace that she has showed me, because I couldn't have made it through this time without her. And I'm super grateful for her. Um, so um, trying to think. So, yeah. So like I said, I went to bed, only child, um, Mexican, and woke up half Jewish with four half siblings. Um, my, uh, So, yeah. So there's four other half siblings. Um, I've met my sister. Um, my brother doesn't want to, you know, um, he kind of told me through her that, hey, he wasn't interested. So I said, you know, please give him my contact information if he changes his mind. The two other siblings are um, minors. So as a mom, I just won't go there. Um, Mm -hmm. I believe that's up to their parents to tell them about me. That's, you know, um, to me, especially as a mom, like that's just not something I'm willing to, you know, mess with, go there. What's so funny and so tragic is um, the hardest part of this journey has been my bio dad. Um, So at first he uh, remembered my mom. And or at least remembered-ish. Um, but then it came to light that he said he had donated sperm. So maybe I came from that. So I'm a journalist. And, you know, everyone kind of wants to know their origin story, right? So I spent several months requesting records and doing research, only obviously to discover that the donor industry is its own Hellscape. Um and I connected, and that's the hard part, is like once you open this Pandora's box, you can't close it. So I connected with, you know, old family and friends. Um, because there was a point where I was like, well, maybe, because my mom and dad were together something like eight years before I was born. And my mom did tell her siblings that, hey, she may have, you know, went to doctors about getting pregnant. Um so I was like, well, maybe, um, and there was a part of me, you know, I, I learned from other um, uh, donor conceived people that, you know, this was an industry that was hard. And part of me was like, well, maybe if I'm donor conceived, that'll make me feel a little bit better about why he doesn't want to be in my life. You know, that's the hard part about these stories. I can't say my mom's blah, blah, blah relationship, you know, cause you don't want to out people. So yeah. So, um, I spent a good chunk of my time looking to whether I was donor conceived. And, um, and I had a lot of people like saying, you know, it shouldn't matter. He knows he's your bio dad and stuff like that. But it's like, it's really hard to explain it to people who this hasn't happened to. It's like, no, I want to know my origin story. Like everything else is upside down and inside out. I want to know where I came from. And I had family members say, you know, well, so and so is adopted. He never went looking. And, you know, everyone has all this advice, but they're also not the people hiding in their closet having panic attacks because they don't want their son to see. Long story short, you know, through meeting like people, especially like even on my mom's side, who I didn't even know existed, and finding out, you know, all this family stuff that, I could have won a lifetime without knowing, you know, it happens when you dig, um, you find out stuff from both sides. And, um, I have come to the conclusion that I'm not donor conceived. Um, and most people in my life have come to that conclusion, even, you know, family members of his. And I did present that to him via text and, you know, um, I don't, it it doesn't make a difference. Um, and that's the hard part is I am so obsessed with my son. He's an only child. He's the love of my life. Um, so to not be involved in another child's life is not a decision I would make. I do get, actually, and that's the hard part is I don't understand. I do see where it would be weird. It's a weird situation. The whole thing is weird. But at the same time, I would have handled it more closely to how his sisters have handled it you know and that's that's part of the grief is the fact that like i didn't have parents so it's like as a child i didn't have the parents you're quote unquote supposed to have my mom was an unstable alcoholic addict my dad was also unstable um and battled his own you know substance abuse issues mental health issues they die i wait a decade to take a test like this and then and that's the hard part about social media is you look on social media and you know you see people's highlight reels, So, you know, you see this person who you assume is going to step in and that those expectations are mine. Those are not his fault. But like my therapist said, it's not unusual to expect your biological father to step in and be a dad. Like that's just kind of the narrative I pictured. Um, So it's just this mind fuck to go from no parents to one parent, but technically still no parents. And then as a mom myself, um, and maybe I did share too much with my son, but it's like I was already a secret. So my son has been on this journey with me. Um and one nice thing is to him, yes, it was hard at first, you know, like he asked to do a video chat with him and he didn't want to. Um, but he has such a more solid foundation than I had growing up that he is so funny. Um, he just it just kind of rolls off his back, um, which I'm so grateful for. Um, he does have moments where he says that he's sad. Um, and we've had a couple of awkward moments, especially of like, you know, meeting new family and stuff. It's more like he's sad about me being sad. So that's kind of just been this lesson in empathy. It's hard because it's like, as a parent, I'm trying to be like, look, no, your grandparents aren't bad people. Um, you know, my one nice thing is my dad who raised me did get to meet him as a baby. So he doesn't remember, but I do have some photos and, um, and I get to say stuff, you know, like here's a photo of you and your grandpa, your grandpa loved you. He was so excited about you. Um, but inside I'm just like dying because, My dad died and he died literally very dramatically, almost movie-like telling me like, I wish I could go fishing with him. I wish I could do all these amazing things with him. And there's a man out in the ether who is still his biological grandfather who doesn't want to do those things with him. And I know to him, he's just a little boy who lives in Phoenix. Like there's not that emotional tie. You know what I mean? Um, But to me there is. And um so that's been my main hard struggle is it's like trying to explain to both myself and a 12-year-old that people are kind of just doing the best they can. Um my biological dad is not this evil horrible person for not wanting to be in our lives. Um I mean it's a very strange relationship because like literally I um, I did, when, when everything first went down, I did text him a lot, just trying to get to know him. Cause there was one point where he did seem interested. And then, um, so from about March, 2021 to, you don't forget a day that your dad says he doesn't want to be involved. So I'll be honest. It was July 19th, 2021. <laughs> um, you know, I did probably at least once a week say, Hey, hope you have a good weekend. Here's some photos. Um, but then once he said he's, you know, not interested, um, it was almost the best way I can put it, and it's such a weird comparison. Is almost like breaking up with a partner. Like I literally, or like I literally had to tell myself, "Okay, you need to not try to force yourself in this man's life." And it doesn't happen overnight. It happens um, over months. Like I literally um, spent twenty twenty one just going, "Okay, well, I'll just message him for the holidays because I do wish him well." And then a lot of 2022 has been like, you know, we're social media friends. So I'll heart his pictures. He hearts mine, stuff like that. But that's about where it ends. Um, What is hard and interesting and beautiful all at once is I decided to still move forward with getting to know my sister, who's the daughter he raised and his sisters, especially um, uh, the sister who, you know, I originally connected with. So, um, about a month or so ago, we went to Michigan, me and my son, and we met the aunt who um, has been so wonderful during this journey. And I was so comfortable. Um, and her husband is wonderful too, my uncle. And it was just a testament to how you can make beautiful stuff out of a pile of just life shit. Um, I was so comfortable in their home, um, and I'm not a person who's comfortable in a lot of places now, and. Um, you know, she showed me pictures and we talked and um, and I really appreciate the fact that his his sisters, all three of them, um, hold space for the fact that um, there's no black and white in this journey. I think a lot of NPEs know that, where they hold space for the fact that none of them agree, or at least from what I can tell. I don't want to speak for them, but the gist I've gotten, at least, um, especially the aunt who I originally connected with. None of them agree with the choice he's making, my bio dad. But you know, that's still their brother, so they still love him. But all three of them, to varying levels, are still you know, they still friended me on social media, they still have different relationships with me. Um, one actually lives overseas, so we've never met in person. Um, but we tried to, but it just didn't work out timing wise because she was in the States. Um, so I am so grateful for them and you know, cousins who I've connected with, and my half sister for holding this space that um, you know, where you can say, no, I love my dad, you know, so it's her, you know, dad who raised her or or their brother or whoever. But at the same time, I also hold space for his daughter that his biological daughter. So to me, it just shows like the grace of humanity of being able to be in those two separate spaces. And um, my aunt and uncle, uh, you know, I, you go on a trip like that, you're going to cry a couple times. And they both were like asking my son, like, do you want to call us grandma and grandpa? We'd love to do grandma, grandpa things with him. We're in a place where we're ready to be grandparents. Um, and so sweet. I have. Yeah. Um, after so much rejection, I'm so grateful for that. Like literally so grateful. Um, so yeah, so we met them for the first time about a month ago. And ever since I've been back, it's been um, a lot healing. Um, there are actually, like I said, it's hard to explain to someone who this hasn't happened to, but like whole days will go by where I don't think about my bio dead till night or whatever. And to go from that to um, like this time last year, like last summer, last fall, um, I was suicidal like I never would have that kind of like passive suicidal where you wouldn't actually do it. Cause you have a son to be here for, but at the same time, the thoughts occur to you yeah. because you know, both of your parents are dead the one parent who's alive doesn't want you and your whole life was a lie. And where did you come from? And you know what I mean? Like all these things. So it is definitely a trauma that I think that I really appreciate when people admit that. So like my uncle, um, my aunt's husband, who's been wonderful, um, like he actually said the word trauma when we were talking and I was so grateful because I don't think people, you know, cause I've also had the people who go, you know, well, what does it matter that some guy you've never met, you know, two States away, what should that impact how you feel about yourself? And I'm like, he is my literal biological father. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's hard to explain to someone who hasn't been there. So there's that whole journey, but then there's like this added layer because there's, the grief is so complicated. So like, you know, when we're there, we're seeing pictures of a childhood or a timeline that I would have been in, in a different life. Or, you know, um, it's hard because my parents like biffed the parent thing, (laughs) like call it what it is. Um, my mom, you know, she did what she could. And my dad, he tried. I mean, I'm still at the end of the day, grateful that, at some point in my life, I did have a dad who loved me and he tried very hard and I will always consider him my dad because he was. Um, And, uh, but at the same time, there is this grief that goes along with it. Cause it's like my therapist had the best words for it, where she said, not many people grieve the same relationship twice. So, you know, I grieving my dad's death. um, And that's the other thing is this discovery brings up trauma, um, from 10 plus years ago. Um, you know, cause it's like almost like my dad died again. Like literally that's the best way to put it. Um, because you're like, wow. Okay. So my biological father doesn't want to be involved. And the dad who did is dead. Cool. What do I do from here? Um, so I did, I'm really proud of how I've handled it. Um, I re- remained relatively stable, which, you know, relative's the word. I have been able to, you know, I did upheaval my life a little bit. Like I quit a really good newspaper job because it just, it was too much to handle all the things. Um, I went back to school um, to get my master's. I'm freelancing now. Like all these life, I'm, I'm forcing myself to kind of get back out socially recently within the last month or so. So it's been this just journey of You know, two steps forward, one step back. You want to try to be the person that you were before all this happened, but that person doesn't exist anymore. So Mm -hmm. you have to try to be the person you are now. So the other layer that's, you know, to add on top of all the layers, because let's add more layers, um, is the fact that I'm a journalist. And I heal, I think, by being fairly dramatic, which is good and bad in itself. And at first I didn't announce this on social media. Like, obviously I'm not going to go like, Hey, which is so funny because I had posted about, Hey, I'm going to take these DNA tests. Wish me luck. Cause you know, you're assuming it's going to be awkward for the people you find, you know, it's not gonna be awkward for you. Um, Cause I was literally looking for my dad's other children. Um, And so you, I struggled with, okay, how much do I share? Why am I even sharing? Um, sometimes I feel crazy for how open I've been about it. Like all these people, um, I think it's my own personal healing. Plus, I've had people come to me and say, kind of how like why you have a podcast where they're like, I just wanted to tell my story. Um, I'm not brave enough to do so yet. It's so cool that you are. And I don't think it has anything to do with being brave. I think it's just you want to be heard because apparently you were a secret. So you're all done with secrets. So my first article I had out was in was on a website called Scary Mommy. It's a really popular mom blog. I love current.
1: Scary Mommy. Yes. Scary Mommy. It makes it makes me laugh. I love it. I follow it on Instagram. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Fine.
0: So what's interesting is my first article in there was like a decade before that, where it was about me processing parenting with no parents, right? And so then my second article is, hey, guess what? My dad's not my biological dad. Um, writing helps. Um, what's funny is a lot of my writings I've had published have were actually like phone notes, you know, 2 a.m. phone notes. Um, so cool. I published that and instead of posting it, you know, to Facebook, what I did is I posted it like as a comment to a thing, like I didn't do its own post. Um And then I also did, like I said, I was in the local Jewish news and that actually went national, um, to like a couple of their other affiliate papers. And then I've had some stuff with next Avenue, which is a national PBS affiliate. And, um, and by then it's like, okay, well, everyone knows, so screw it. Um, and so, uh, you know, like doing this podcast, which thank you for having me. And, um, I did another similar sort of podcast for the friend and I've just kind of been getting to know the different groups that are in this space. And it's just a lot of really kind fellow humans who have been through this experience that you don't understand unless you've been through it. So I've tried to give back with my skill set. So, like, um, there was a retreat for NPEs and people with DNA discoveries here in Phoenix. So I did. PR because I do PR as well. I did PR for them locally and got them on like our local oh, cool PBS station. So stuff like that. And I've actually made a couple of friends who read my articles and messaged me privately and stuff like that. So I will admit there's a part of me that feels crazy for sharing so publicly because by now on Facebook I'll literally just you know share a memory like yeah I discovered this whatever. Um, kind of like how you said your journey of at first you shared your last name and then you didn't. Um, but I guess it's on my end, it's empowering to me because I feel like you heal when stories are shared in safe spaces, um, which is a quote I read somewhere. Um, but then also I think it helps people to know they're not alone. Um, the hardest part, like I said, is sharing about my biological father and so I actually um, have had a couple things published with, if anyone hasn't seen it, Severance Magazine, which if people haven't seen it, it's this wonderful labor of love of just stories from people who similar things like this have happened to.
1: I love um, Severance Magazine. Okay. the editors, B.K. Jackson, by the way, yes. if anyone's and interested. she's amazing.
0: Um, and it's just so hard because in that article um, or story, essay, whatever you want to call it, Um, I shared a picture of her of little me. I'm probably in the photo, like three or four years old. And I look at that little girl and so much ahead of her. Her grandma's about to die when she's nine. She's about to have this really crappy childhood. Um, She's gonna, you know what I mean? Like there's gonna be so much happen to her and I want to save her. And I literally spent my whole childhood waiting for someone to save me. And it turned out that it just had to save myself, which is tragic and heart wrenching and beautiful all at once. Um, so, and what's funny is, my bio dad is alive and well. Um, so, um, I'm monitored about what I share on like social media because, like for example, I was so worked up about when I visited my aunt. I was so worried about like, say tagging her. Like I had so many therapy sessions and this sounds stupid to people who haven't been through it, but I had all these therapy sessions about like, should I tag them? Because if I tag them, it leads to him and this and that. Um, but I figured at that point, by the time I met her, cause when I met my, my sister, I didn't tag her because it was very fresh. It was, so she allowed me to post photos, but I didn't tag her cause it was three months in, you know? Um, but by then, it's like it had been a year and a half or at least a year and some change. And I just was like, you know what? I'm just going to tag them. I'm not going to post on their, you know, on whatever post I tag them in like, hey, everyone, this is my, you know what I mean? So um, in your head, you think the world's going to blow up, but really nothing blew up. Um, he liked a couple of the posts. He didn't like others. Like, So I, as someone who comes from communities where life can be changed by being outed, I'm uber aware of that. So, um, the conclusion I've kind of come to, and it's not even a conclusion because I feel like the journey keeps going is, um, I know I'm not donor conceived. Um, and there's nothing wrong with being so just so, you know, I know donor conceived people listen to this absolutely nothing wrong or anything about being donor conceived. It's just not part of my story. And if in some twist of fate say I was, it's still the same outcome. Um, but I know, you know, I know how I was conceived or have a pretty damn good idea. And I don't think my dad knew. And that's the hard part about both of my parents being dead. I can't go to my mom and ask, I can't go to my dad and ask, um, you know, cause people, one of the first questions they ask is, well, do you think your dad knew? And, Um, a lot of things point to the fact he didn't like there are Facebook memories that come up where I joke about how I didn't get his cooking skills or how he made a joke that my son looks so much like him. So I honestly don't think he knew or if he did, he just convinced himself. I don't know. Um, so, um, and then with my dad's other kids out in the ether, if they do exist, I will likely never find them because I'm not genetically related to him um if they even exist um my my brother you know i guess he's my honorary brother at this point we were talking and both of us have come to the conclusion that maybe they were stepkids or maybe you know cuz my dad had a lot of mental health issues who knows if these people existed and so it's this interesting journey of needing to become comfortable with you're not going to know everything and um it's like puzzles you didn't know existed. And I. And what's so funny is in life, you know, like when you're at... I hate puzzles, which is hilarious because my whole <laughs> life is a big puzzle. Um, so that's just irony in its purest form. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, my son has been amazing through this. So like just funny moments where we're eating Mexican food and he goes, I don't like this as much as I used to because I'm not as Mexican as I used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so um, there have been just like any NPE journey, it's, there's been beautiful parts. Like I have an aunt who I wouldn't have had without this. And I got to go to Michigan and spend a few days on the beach. You know, I, I do have siblings, so I know I have them. Um, My sister, even though she has a different mom, um, we both have similar facial profiles and stuff. You know, I've seen pictures of my brothers and, I don't, you know what I mean? So I see pictures of my bio dad who I haven't met in person, but I, it's hard to see how you look like someone when you've seen your face in someone else for your whole life. Mm -hmm. Um, So, um, you know, moving forward, I'm doing a lot better than I was, which I'm so grateful for because I feel like your heart can't hold on to that much pain for that long. Um, But just like any person who's had this happen to them, it depends on the day. Um, there are days where I am superstar and I am just amazing and F everyone and F everything, and I'm gonna do what I want. And then there are other days where a movie makes me cry in my closet. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but so I do think that moving forward, I will continue to cover the topic in various ways and formats. So, for example, I'm writing a story right now on the donor industry. And even though that's not a part of my story, at least I think so, it, you know, I, it is a part of the realm of, you know, NPEs and, and donor conceived people and adoptees and all these people who like overlap each other. Um, And I just think it's an important story to be told. Um, I do hope that later in my career, when I'm able to, um, you know, breathe, uh, that I'll probably you know, one of my aunts were like, Well, what would you write a book on? And I just want to be like, all of this, this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, from child of an addict and that trauma to, hey, your dad's not your dad. Mm-hmm. Um but um so yeah, so um, so yeah, so that's my story. Um it's overwhelming and it's hard, and there are days where I'm grateful that I've survived, and there are days where I stick my fist up in the air because I'm so sick of the hard.
1: Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And Shelly, I, I too, am like you were some days I have these, you know, I'm super empowered. I feel great. I'm like my healing. I'm amazing. And then other days I'm like having these imaginary conversations with family members Mm -hmm. while I'm putting my makeup on. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Like on my phone, I, and I, and that's so funny. It's like, like that article I told you about my bio dad. I, um, I'm super respectful. Like, I will never out him. Um, there's a part of me that wishes someday he decides to out himself. And I don't even like using the term outing because no one did anything wrong. But it's just like I will never out him. But at this point, a year and a half in, most of my good friends know at least the first name. You know what I mean? Like, um mm-hmm. so uh, but yeah, I mean, I have this phone note of stuff I want from him. And that has evolved over time. Like it evolved from, I'd love to meet you to now it's like, I'd like for you to admit that I'm not donor conceived. You know what I mean? Like, so it's this interesting, like, um, list of things that you have to accept. You will probably never hear. Or if you do, it might be on a Tuesday at 1 PM, 10 years from now. And it's hard because I keep in touch with some of his family. Like, you know, I have my aunt, my sister, and, you know, keep in touch with the other aunts. And it's really awkward to be like, hey, I'm your brother's daughter, but he doesn't want to be in my life, but you do. So thanks for that. So cool. How are you? You know, it's like <laughs> yes. any of these relations, like relationshipping is hard to begin with. Right. But like you add this in and it's even harder.
1: You gave such a good example with your, uh, what did you call it? Your Excel
0: spreadsheet? of Yeah. It's literally like, I mean, I don't have one, but I have it in my head. Like, yes. like I can walk into a room. So, and then it changes your relationship with your family of origin. Like, like, you know, I know that they don't really want to talk about it, but at the same time we're all social media friends. So I know that they see I cover it. Yeah. Um, or, you know, like I went to a trip to visit, like I said, my aunt, and I have another aunt who, um, my mom's sister who, you know, took the role of, um, you know, like pseudo mom when she couldn't, and I'm super grateful for that, but she doesn't want to be involved in this part of my journey. So I tailor what I say, you know, so I'll say stuff like, here's a pretty picture from Michigan, but I leave out the detail of, you know, I'm meeting my other aunt and it's hard because part of me feels guilty for that. Like, you know, and, but I shouldn't like, Most people, especially if they come from more traditional family backgrounds, you have two sides. You you have a mom and a dad, and those mom and dads have family. And I never really had family from my dad's side. I was raised by my mom's family. Um, We did talk about it one time where one of them said that they were hurt by the whole thing, but they didn't um, expound. So I'm not sure if they meant that they were hurt that I went looking because I know they didn't agree on the fact that I went looking. Um, or if they're hurt because, you know, my dad turned out not to be my biological dad, but, um, there's a part of me that's like, well, I'm the one who's hurt, obviously. Um, a lot of my family that I, my mom's side, I will, you know, make this big, huge, um, what I was trying to find out if I was donor conceived or not. Um, you know, there's this one like distant cousin, so-and-so who took me six months to pin down, you know, they didn't have social media, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I did this whole huge introduction of, um, you know, this is Shelly. I am their daughter. Um, I found this out and her reaction was literally like, oh, I know. And I'm like, excuse me. She's like, yeah, I know. And so you find out that these, that certain people knew and you're just like sitting there like, okay, did anyone want to clue me in at any point? Um, and I understand, you know, they wouldn't, they didn't want to when my parents were living, all that stuff. My parents have been dead since 2008 and 2010. Like, um, you know, so it's like this interesting web of two people in spring 85 made the choice to enjoy each other's company. And my mom made the choice and my bio dad, I don't think knew about me. So, and it's just like um i saw a quote that said something like you are um sometimes we are just the casualties of other people's wars against themselves
1: mm-hmm.
0: um which is so true like i'm yep. most likely at the end of the day the the story and that's what's been nice is um a friend and a, and then my therapist said you know the the actual story is probably the simplest so you know to say that Hey, I am the product of what was most likely an affair. um there's a shame with it, but at the same time, one, not my fault, and two, um, my mom, you know she I knew she wanted kids. It's fairly obvious now that my dad couldn't give them to her. She was you know it was not in the right state of mind. you know, there's all these factors that make it more complicated, and like my therapist said, she's like you're not a product. Like that's just how you came into the world. And so it's this interesting thing that's just way no fair. And sometimes life just isn't fair. And um, I think I saw a meme where it was something like, you know, everyone tells you, well, everything happens for a reason. It's like, no, sometimes things just happen and they suck. And mm-hmm. it's not fair. Because at least from my experience, I'm the one who has to tiptoe around everybody. Um, and so – that's why i'm still in therapy and that's why i'm still i'm vocal to about it i'm vocal about it probably almost to an annoying point and i know that just because i feel like the louder i blast it the less shame i feel and um and right now i'm all about i'm all done with the shame and i'm all done with the secrets and Mm -hmm. Um, my son, while he's not impacted to a degree, like, how do you explain to your kid that grandpa wasn't biologically grandpa? And you know what I mean? So it's just like, I feel like the healthier I process it, the healthier of a mom I will be for my son because my life has been even before this, it was about changing the narrative and about breaking cycles. You know, I was the first, um, I went to my, my dad never, my dad who raised me never passed the eighth grade. My mom, you know, passed high school, like I was the first college graduate. I, um, my whole life has been about breaking cycles, which, you know, people look at my life story and they think it's so brave and so wonderful and I'm so strong. Um, what they forget and which only, you know, like my super closest friends know is you get tired of being the strong one. You get tired of being the person who broke the barriers. Um, I would give anything for... It's it, That's hard because I don't want to say I didn't wish this didn't happen because my aunt is wonderful and I'm glad I met my sister and all these wonderful things that came from it. I discovered a whole heritage I didn't know existed. Um, but at the same time, if God said, hey, I'll give you a reset button and you're raised by normal parents and you um, don't have all these tragic things happen to you, your parents don't die when you're 22 and 24, you don't become a mom at 23, not knowing what the heck to do, taking care of an ailing dad with a baby on your hip while trying to put a magazine together, you know, like all these things that make me, me, you can reset that. I don't know if I would, like there's part of me that doesn't think I would, but I would be so tempted. (laughs) Um, Um, because I do miss the part of me that thought my dad was my dad. And I know that sounds so silly, but it's just like, you know, I've never met my bio dad. So I have to ask his sister, like just details that you wouldn't think. So I'm like, what color are his eyes? How tall is he? Um, there are things I know about him that are way not me. And there are things I'm like, oh, that's where I get that from. So, um, you know, it's just, gut-wrenching. Like I did have an aunt who um, asked, well, what has been hard about this? You know, because people who look at it from an outside, they're just like, okay, well, you discovered that. Um, You know, how is it hard? And I just want to point to the whole thing and be like all of it, every single thing, day one to now, all hard. Um, And I mean, it does, I am grateful for when I'm, I mean, one nice thing is, when you've lived a life like this is you're grateful for when you are happy. So like right now I'm fairly happy. Like I have, you know, my son, I always wanted to be a mom and I've had that opportunity and he's had this glorious childhood that I'm so grateful I've provided for him. Um, I've had a career that I've always wanted to be. I was that creepy kid who knew what they wanted to do at like four years old.
1: <laughs> um,
0: so there's all these, I have wonderful friends and partners and family and I speak out about, you know, education on all these different topics that are quote unquote taboo. And so I, I'm happy right now and I'm super grateful for that, but there's always this looming like sadness. And like, like you said, there's one day you're on top of the world and the next day you are gutted because there was a commercial about a dad and daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. So if anyone, um, listening is an NPE, um, Trust me, you're not alone. And for those who are listening just because they're curious, um, please know it is a trauma and you do the best you can. <laughs> so.
1: so yes, Shelley, if NPEs wanted to reach out to you, could they do that? Yes,
0: um, I'll send you the information. But my email is um as so E-V-E-R-S-O-N at gmail.com. Um, You could also literally just Google Michelle Talsma Everson and I come up just because of the articles I've had written.
1: I will post your email address and I will link a bunch of these articles that you've I know you've probably written eight um, just on the the kind of MPE world alone. And thank you for your your work, your research, your sharing in that field. I know you continue to write and share. No
0: problem. Thank you for what you're doing here. This is amazing. I appreciate it.
1: And, you know, just what you were talking about, oh, you know, people probably get annoyed by the overshare or sharing so much. I, you know, I was, I was, this was a secret podcast my first season, right? Just carrying so much of my family shame. And then I finally came out with my last name and I finally slowly started posting the the podcast and what was going on in my world. And people that were kind of weird and awkward and like, oh, you know they were they were not so much into it. They didn't want to ask a lot of questions. I could I put them in my my own hidden Excel spreadsheet as like okay this is someone that's uncomfortable talking about this. Yeah, so you just the, right. I'm like okay I chalk, but then they'll come back to me a year later, and they'll be like you know what my best friend just found out she right. Has I've a half actually had that stuff. happen
0: a couple of times. Like right, just random like you know the Facebook friends you add because at one point in your life they're an acquaintance. Um, yep. I've had so many people. Um, I mean not like dozens, but I would say at least five to ten who have been like, Hey, um your store like I literally had one person go, Hey, I think I'm an NPE just because I've been following you. Yeah. Um and um it is hard though when you're at least for me, what's been weird is like especially um like I I went to like a journalism conference and I forgot how public I've been. And so people are asking, How are you? How are you holding up? And I'm like, I'm fine weirdo. And then I'm like oh my gosh (laughs) Shelly they probably Oh my gosh. So and yes. and I feel and like I said I'm in, it's so funny for as loud as I am about it I'm so insecure um, I'm still very much the little girl who just wants you know daddy or whoever to come rescue yeah. them um, who doesn't want anyone to know any of this but at the same time I almost like I'm starting to back away a little bit now like I don't share it as much as I used to because it's not as you know it's not at the forefront of everything but I'm still open about it just because I'm all done being ashamed of it. And I don't want Mm -hmm. others to feel like they have shame too. So,
1: yeah. Shelly, thank you so much. I'm so grateful for you, for your patience and for sharing your story today and where you're at. Thank you for having me. These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, email npestories at com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us.